And I oftentimes still look at other companies that I, I hold in high regard and I'll go to their about page and it's like ad libs for creative. Hi, I'm Joel Pilger and you're listening to episode 56 of the Rev Thinking Podcast. Today is another in our profile of the Creative Entrepreneur Series with Robert Burroughs and Masha Rastatarova at Creative Mammals. Welcome to Rev Thinking, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. This is the conversation between creative leaders and consultants discussing what it really takes to run a thriving creative business. Hey, it's Joel. Hello from Georgia. All you fabulous creative entrepreneurs out there. Welcome to another episode of the Rev Thinking Podcast. I'm joining you from Savannah, Georgia, where I'm doing some meetings at SCAD. Such a great place. I absolutely love it here, as well as spending the week in Atlanta. Well, while I was here this week in Atlanta, I was fortunate enough to stop by Creative Mammals, which is a creative studio here in the city. And I got to have a conversation with Robert and Masha from Creative Mammals. They're the partners, owners, and the fabulous creative entrepreneurs that run this studio. We're going to talk with them today on today's episode. But before I get into the episode, a couple of quick announcements and updates. First off, cohort, that is the quarterly cohorts of creative entrepreneurs, is actually happening tonight. That is on November 1st in Los Angeles. Cohort is the full evening mastermind with a featured guest, RevThink, and your peers who run studios and agencies and production companies. We had a dinner and event in New York City a few weeks ago, which was uh, really great. It sold out and it was a lively discussion because we got into topics around negotiations and contracts and content and intellectual property. Well, tonight is going to be no different. Our special guest, I should say, is Neil Berkeley. Now, Neil is the owner of Berkeley, which is a motion design studio that does a lot of work in the broadcast space, doing promo work and so forth. But more importantly, Neil is the owner of Future You Media, which is a content development company. And Neil's company is currently producing a series with Amazon. Yes, as in content. So tonight's topic is you're producing content, now start selling it. So this is one of these repeating themes that you're going to hear from us here at RevThink and on the podcast, where we're talking about using your creative firm to build an asset. And that might be content, but generally speaking, it's intellectual property, right? Because I know you think, well, my studio, everything we do is work for hire. We produce creative work, we get a check, and then the client owns everything. But you know what? It's actually not quite that simple. And if you do think it's that simple and you just hand over everything when the client pays you, you're not building an asset and you're missing out on opportunities to grow something very important and valuable over the long term at your firm. But that's a whole nother topic for another day. And of course, that's going to be the topic at dinner tonight. I won't be there, but Ashley Tulusic and Tim Thompson from RevThink will be your hosts. So if you're, for some reason, hearing this last minute and you want to jump in, go to RevThink.com and send us a note through our contact form. If you want to receive future invitations to cohort, uh, these are invitation-only events. But if you do feel that you qualify because you are an owner of a studio or a production company, 
uh, send us a note and say, hey, I'd like to be invited. And of course, we'll gladly consider that and see if we can get you in on the upcoming events, which are happening in Los Angeles and New York quarterly. And London is in the works, folks. Yes. So those of you in London or in Europe, cohort is coming your way. All right. The next announcement is Show Launcher. Show Launcher. Session number three. Now, this session is called The Meeting and the Deal. Show Launcher is a masterclass series. It's led by Patrick Jager and Tim Thompson. And in this series, we're exploring what does it take to pitch, develop, and sell content. Wow, there's that word again. Content. It's like this topic du jour. It's the hot topic on everyone's minds and what we're all thinking about. So this session uh, is going to happen on December 13th in Los Angeles at the SAG-AFTRA Foundation screening room. That's on Wilshire Boulevard in Hollywood. So if you want to go to Show Launcher Session 3, I would recommend that you buy a ticket sooner than later. But more importantly, make sure you show up to the event early because it always sells out and there's standing room only at each of those events. And you don't want to get uh, jammed at the back of the room where you can't hear, can't ask questions, that kind of thing. So that's the update on Show Launcher. Okay, to today's conversation, let's get into it. Like I said, this is our Profile of the Creative Entrepreneur series where we sit down with an owner or set of owners, partners, and we talk about their business and we hear the story. So today we're going to hear from Robert and Masha from Creative Mammals. What was it that drove them to start a creative studio of their own? What obstacles did they have to get over and what's it been like? in these early years of them getting started and get off the ground? What's been their recipe for success? And of course, as they're continuing to evolve and grow, where are they now and where do they want to go? These are the kind of things that we get into in this episode. So here you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode where I'm interviewing Robert and Masha at Creative Mammals. Everyone starts a business in this industry for one of three reasons fame, fortune, or freedom? Which one uh, is yours? Freedom. Def- freedom. Definitely freedom, which was a complete lie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now that's, I, I, I can read between the lines, but explain what you mean by that. Because oh, you I, said, oh, I want freedom, so therefore I'm going to start Creative Mammals. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I can like make the rules and do my own thing, which is true to a certain extent, but... I also work way more hours and I'm up late thinking about work way more than any other time in my life. So freedom, there's a lot of uh, definitions to that, to that word. Well, I think I, I heard someone once say that the entrepreneur is the only person that will quit a 40-hour-a-week job in order to work 80 hours a week. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but, it, but I hear, what I'm hearing, though, is a, a common story because... I know when I ran my studio, for me, it was always about freedom. And it, but it, was more, it wasn't so much like, oh, I just get to work whenever I want and do whatever I want. It was more like I get to live life on my own terms. And if I want to change things, if I want to go in a different direction, that's my choice. Sure. Like, no one's going to tell me what to do. That was kind of always my thing. Is that your thing? Yeah. So, you know, recently we've kind of thought about, you know, getting more into like practical things and live action. And so now when we're talking with clients, we try to throw a little bit of that into the pitch. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was an in-house designer, it was like, no, 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 you're a designer. 
we're going to call up this production company to do productions. And so now we have that ability to expand our creative offerings uh, b- before, when, you know, when you're in the house, you just, you, yeah. you are hired to do what you're hired to do. All right. So to be fair to people that might be listening, I should say, all right, we're sitting here inside Creative Mammals. Yes. And, and what's the part of town that, what's this called? Castleberry Hill. Castleberry Hill. Okay. In Atlanta. My old hometown, I'm, I have to throw that in there as a Georgia Tech grad, a proud rambling wreck. Um, and how long, when did you start, when did you start Mammals? Sort of, I know it's like it, sort of a... It's a very gradient kind of thing, but uh, I guess three years ago I was at Turner and okay. they had a massive layoff. Uh, and so then I started doing work for clients and also freelancing. And then about a year into that, I had to like make a choice uh, am I going to start a company or am I going to continue to freelance? Okay, now that's actually really interesting because there's a lot of, there are a lot, definitely a lot of freelancers out there that have to face that, make that similar decision. Mm-hmm. And they, they, it, there's that sort of moment of decision of like, okay, there's me and my name and my reputation and I have a lot of clients. And some of those clients are perhaps studios or production companies. And then you say, well, if I operate under a name, something changes. Oh, absolutely. Right. What was that like for you? Well, I just had to make the choice and I knew that I was going to, I was going to be saying goodbye to a large portion of my work in doing so. But it also got to the point where I was freelancing sometimes in house and then going home and working on client work and it just wasn't sustainable. Mm. And so I, I really did have to come to a crossroads. Like, are you going to, you're going to go all in on creative mammals and do this business or are you going to be a freelancer? Like, right. it, it, for me, it, it had to be one or the other. Like, it, it got so crazy with my schedule that I had to pick. And I had always wanted to start my own company. And so the, the choice was fairly easy at that point. Right. And I had to let go. And then about six months later, I was like, oh, <laughs> I just let go of half of my clients. <laughs> All right. So what, ti- what title do you wear? Creative director. Creative director. All right. So now hand the mic to Masha and let's let Masha introduce herself. Masha, what, what title do you wear? So technically I am, uh, in charge of marketing. Okay. Um, my title is rather fluid at the shop to be perfectly honest. Yeah, sure. Um, I did have the role of a producer at some point and I think that responsibility still lays on me to, to a degree. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have Hunter here who's our EP now. So that was um, a lot of the tasks that he's in charge of, I was also responsible for at some point. Like, Got it. I'm still doing sales. I'm still um, involved with the creative. I mean, we are still growing and I mean, we have to wear multiple hats. It's yeah, of kind course. of a cliche thing to say, but it's just the reality of it. You now, know? What's, the, what's the title that faces clients? Like when, you know, like what's in your email signature, if you will? I don't have a signature in my email for that particular reason. <laughs> so it's a mystery to the client what, what I do here. <laughs> so, yeah. I love that. No, I think it's funny because um, <clears throat> a, lot, a lot of titles get made up on the fly mm-hmm. based on like the need. Sure. At the moment, you know, if you're, if you're the entrepreneur, because you guys are partners in mm-hmm. Creative Mammals, right? There's that moment when you're like, okay, we're walking to this meeting and you're like, okay, I am creative director, you be the producer. That's your title today. Because that's the opportunity you're walking into and, and you need to create those categories for clients to go, I understand what you do and why you're here and so forth. So it sounds like you do some of 
some of that. Yes, absolutely. We were on the call recently and um, the client asked for everyone to go around the room and introduce themselves and say what they do, just like you did now. Uh Uh-oh, pressure's on. And I mean, Robert's always kind of had an established title. I mean, he owns the shop and he, he is in charge of the creative that we do here. But a lot of the work that people don't think about when, when you're running a business, there's a lot of other work that needs to happen behind the scenes that maybe doesn't necessarily have a title, but it's someone still needs to be doing that. Yeah, of course. And that's my job. Um, and I have a creative background, so I'm still kind of, I still have a hand in the creative. I'm not necessarily always making like the main decisions. Mm-hmm. So in so that moment, when that, when that client had everyone go around the room, what, what title did you pick in that moment? Well, I said marketing director, and he thought it was odd that a marketing director was in on a creative call. <laughs> so I definitely got caught with my pants down. Oh, but you know, I mean, that's funny. We went on, and you know, we're still in the pitch, and you know, we didn't get right. fired or anything because right. my title seemed off. So thinking back, what title do you think you should have said? You know, I good question. I how about sh- managing I, director? Um, should we give her that sure. title? <laughs> Robert, yeah, Robert's nodding. He's like, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really do. Um, I've struggled with that on multiple occasions. I really couldn't fully, I think there's some sort of an app out there where you kind of put in some terms and then it spits out some funny sounding title. I think I need to go there. I love it. There's an app for that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, it's actually not surprising because, you know, I often talk about the seven ingredients, right? And creative being the one that every creative entrepreneur, every studio has got that down pat or else you wouldn't even be in business. Mm-hmm. And then where, you know, I come alongside studios is to help them in all those other six areas. But it's very common that there's one, you know, one partner might be a creative and the other partner is kind of like handling all the other quote stuff. Sure. Which is going to be marketing and it's going to be sales. It might be some production. It might be some finance. It might be some operations. Mm-hmm. You know, sound familiar? Yeah, Absolutely. So yeah. you're the, you're the, you become sort of the, the catch-all because the creative in order to be great has to be, has to be focused. Because if, yeah. if, if Robert gets dragged into every little nuance and, you know, the, the toilet's leaking and, you know, the payroll companies needs a signature and uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, 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 if the creative work stops, then everything stops. The clients stop. Yeah. The business stops. Yeah, and I mean, to, to be perfectly honest, I mean, Robert's still involved with those other things at some point in time. Um, but yeah, we we share the responsibility. I mean, we just make it work right. for us. Right, Yeah. We just had to fix a leaky toilet. <laughs> Wait, that was that's a thing? Yeah, that actually yeah, that's oh my that God, just happened. Funny. I just, uh, and it, I just uh, guessed. Hunter had to help fix it, and then... And I, I, I helped put the handle on. It was a team effort. Right. We, we really Solid team effort. It's how we like to handle everything is we really like to build a team of people to help solve the problem. So this is... Uh, Even toilets. Yeah, this is like the metaphor for how mammals get it done, huh? That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Creative mammals. <clears throat> That's right. Creative mammals, yeah. So you've been, in this, uh, you've been in this space now, I think you said a couple years? In this actual space in this for space one year. year. Oh, for one year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually, I really dig it because it's, how, how would you describe this? Eclectic, funky, old? It's an old stable. And it, it, was and it horses here? Yeah, there were horses in here. And then... Uh, Did Scarlett O'Hara some, keep her horses here? P- 
Probably. Yeah. She, this is what she, she came to get her horses before she sewed drapes onto her body. Exactly. Um, yeah, really, really going deep on the Southern culture here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It used to be, <laughs> used to be uh, a horse stable. And then at some point around, I guess 10 years ago or 15 years ago, it was converted into, into this space. So yeah, it's got, you know, exposed brick, reclaimed wood. The, all the, uh, all the wood here came from a old barn, I think from Indiana or something like that. Hmm. And apparently the, we'll apparently the internet speeds here are also kind of gone with the wind era. Yeah. Yeah. So we pay, we pay for a, a wireless internet system that connects to the Bank of America building. Which is what, like miles away? Yeah. But it's the tallest building in the city. So we have a, like a satellite thing that beams microwaves back and forth. Yeah. It's all magic. Yeah, so we have fast internet here. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is what you use when you're pumping up a 30-second spot, and it's like a gigabyte file. And yeah. So in the before this, you, it took days, weeks, months to actually deliver a file. Yeah. Well, we had to we had to resurrect horses and put a file onto a wagon. That's the stable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It works great when the client's a local, but uh, yeah, when it gets out to the West Coast, it proves difficult. Well, that Pony Express thing, I mean, <laughs> that, that was like a two-week exactly. process, right? Yeah. Not exactly. That was like the first rendition of, of FedEx. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or Wells Fargo. Yeah. Well, yeah, whoever, whoever figured that out, we thank them. So what now? I mean, as you guys look into the future and you, you've obviously, I think you, well, I'll let you say it. You feel like you've crossed that threshold of we're established. Yes. Like we're like we're going to this we were making a go of it and it's working. Depends on what time of day you ask me that question. Yeah. Earlier in the day is better, later in the day yeah, is yeah. worse. Yeah, yeah, I'll wake up, wake up fully optimistic. By the end of the day, it's my soul's crushed and I'm like, I don't know, maybe I made the wrong choice. <laughs> this isn't right. Right. And everybody here in the room is going, uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how's that work? Yeah. Yeah, no, so it does it but it I'm it, it Based on what I see, because again, I got to know you guys maybe what a year and a half ago. Yep, I think, when we, and you were really young in the in the biz, so to speak, in terms of still very much in startup mode. Correct. But you've been on a, a solid track. I've always been a huge fan of what I would call your brand and your positioning. You already Thank you already you. know this. Yes, I always brag about you. I wish I could take credit for it, but <clears throat> um, be that as it may. But it seems like you've been on a good solid trajectory and i know we saw each other at promax mm -hmm. uh, back in june which was cool i was like all right the mammals are getting out into the world and i think there were some sales trips and stuff that you guys did to we la did. or new york or what have you so we, yeah we've been traveling more we've been actually this year promax was the first year that both of us had attended mm -hmm. and we're going to be the one in la next year mm -hmm. which is yeah that's that was one of the things that you you know told us was like you have to get out there and go talk to people and travel it's not just making it and going, here we are. It's, it's much more than just making a mousetrap. Yeah. yeah, this is my, uh, my expert's travel theory. And I, I, will, I will preach this to the day I die. And I swear I could be in a room full of 100 creative entrepreneurs and say, experts travel, get out there. And about 90 of them will nod and go, yeah, 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 but won't do it. And the 10% that do, they they make stuff happen. What were you going to add? Uh, no, I just, I, I did. I, you know, everything you talked about, about us being more, um, forward facing and attending events. I mean, we basically 
realize we can't just be hunkered down doing work. Just doing good work is not enough. I mean, we, we listened to the advice you gave, um, you and Tim gave, and we had officially made like a dedicated plan to, to do this, you know, um, because we, we wanted the company to grow. We wanted to be here today, you know, with new employees and um, have like a stronger presence um, in the city and in the overall space. So I guess we have you to thank for that, for the advice. Oh, well, you're welcome. What I see is cool is that as you put more intention behind, we're going to get out there, we're going to travel, we're going to go meet people. You really have this incredible power where you get to sit down and say, hey, what kind of a future do we want to create rather than just respond, right? Because if you have a great website, you have a great SEO strategy or whatever, you're still just reacting to whatever's coming at you called, hey, I want to work with you. Well, they're picking you. You're not picking them. And I've always thought it's more exciting to say, I want to work with that brand or that person or that type of an organization. So let's go talk to them. Yes, we've been doing a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, we got, uh, we've got you know, Bullseye. With, well, that's probably inappropriate. I think it works. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, we, we definitely have some targeted companies we're going after. All right. Not to kill them. Not to kill them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to work with them, to, to actually to, to make them grow and, and be better. Right. Yeah. All positive things. Um, right. But, yes, yeah, certainly, you know, we, um, we are going after the companies we want to work with, uh, not, uh, not just laying and waiting for those people to discover us. Because, uh, you know, as you know, the space is – it's growing. There's more people going into it. The cost of entry into a creative studio isn't, is, isn't what it was, right? I mean, you know, it, it, a lot of people can enter it. So when you have that, you have to be the person that's going out there and reaching out to people and making sure that they know that you exist. And that was one of the great things about bringing Hunter on uh, is that I no longer have to be the one, and Masha doesn't always have to be the one that is constantly trying to reach out to people because it's really difficult to be the creative that's also having to second guess, why isn't that person responding to my email? Do they just yes. dislike the work? And if it can be someone else that's removed from it, they can just keep sending those emails out and keep calling and they have time to do it. And when they go through that emotion of, this isn't working. These people aren't responding. It doesn't have this negative impact on the creative. That's a great, I love that actually, because you know, I, you've probably remember in jumpstart when we went through this thing of separating sales and creative and it's kind of a light bulb moment for some people. I don't know if it was for you, but you're right. If you are a creative person, that's also doing sales. It is a beat down. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's like, okay, wow. I just did. I just out, reached out to 20 people. They all ignored me. Actually two people got pissed. And now I have to go design a board. Yeah. Yay. So, so basically you've just like given a steroid injection to that, that little voice in your head that says everything you're doing right now kind of stinks. And, and then now let's go, let's go make awesome stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Right. It's counterintuitive. Right. Yeah. So has that, so that separation for you has, has that freed you up to just, just to be more in your Zen yeah, sort of and do, absolutely. Sort of just keep your eye on the ball. And so be, now be it's like something pops off or I have an idea and I just, I just bring it back here. And I'm like, hey, you know, I saw this on television last night. That was really cool. They're doing interesting work. Let's see if we can get in front of them. Or 
hey, this person added me on LinkedIn. Let's reach out to them. Let's see if we can start a relationship. That that happens and where it, it it's just the, all the happiness of like, yeah, let's go do this thing. And then and then I, I just go work. Right. Yeah. No, it's very that. selfish. Well, <laughs> uh, okay. So yes, in a way it is, right? But here's the thing I would say, right? Is if you're focusing on your genius in a way that makes your team stronger, is that, is that selfish? No, I guess not. You're right. I'm amazing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Much is like, no comment. Yeah, I know. <laughs> trying to, trying to, anyway. Yeah, she got nothing. No, I, I mean, it, it is, it, it actually does feel selfish at times. I, like, I, I gave a, a, a talk at the Ben Design Conference last week, and I was teaching this concept of, of genius. And as I was explaining to people what it is and why you have to focus on it, and as a creative especially, your, all your success is dependent upon you getting clear about it and focusing on it. And then I was like, okay, what are, you, what are the objections coming up? What are the buzz, buzzers going off in your head? And a lot of them were, well, that sounds selfish. Like one, mm. one girl said, you know what my concern is? I would never sleep. And I'm like, wait, huh? She said, if I got to do what I love all the time, I would never sleep. And I thought, that sounds like a great problem to have. Like we can solve that problem. But you getting stuck in all the crap that beats you down and, you know, prevents you from being the awesome you, that's a whole nother problem that's a lot more difficult to solve than helping you get sleep. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, this is me saying keep it up because okay. I think you're on a good path. Well, one thing I've, I, I th I've always found really cool about you guys is the positioning because you talked about how, sure, it's a crowded space. The barriers to entry are quite low these days. Maybe in a way there's a different barrier to entry because I would say in today's market, the barrier to entry is uh, exceptionalness or uniqueness. Mm -hmm. And that is a lot of studios start and they really don't have an idea of who they really are, what their identity is, what their why is, all these kinds of things. And so they just, they're just another studio that says, we are a creative studio who believes in collaboration and loves great quality of work and, and we treat every project as a special whatever, right? And this is where I just cringe because I'm like- we have no team B. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh God, we're, here, here's another company saying the exact same thing that everybody else is saying. But Creative Mammals has always had this spicy, odd, like what, it, what is going on over there? thing and is that something that like how did you how did that come about in the first place because you always took a strong stand Masha uh, I think our brand uh, really captures the essence of Robert in a, in a, in a way in and a good there, way there it is yeah I think you know he came up with the name and we um, I think part of what makes our brand fun is that we kind of just embraced that idea because creative mammals is a kind of a silly name um but that's what makes it fun and the work that we want to do is fun and we want to have a good time we want our clients to enjoy working with us um, those are things that are important to us and we try to convey that um in the copy and obviously the projects that we take on so that's my take um, we are actually doing a little bit of a facelift to our website mm -hmm. 
and you'll be seeing that very, 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 very soon. Nice. So um, maybe that's our maybe that's our big announcement on the podcast. I think it should be. Uh, we don't have an official date. We were afraid to have one. Right. But if Robert wants to throw a date out, that would be kind of amazing. <clears throat> you are just want to go with coming soon. Yeah, yeah. No, I've thrown out many dates, and those have all passed. Uh, <laughs> as of right now, the only thing that's that's really holding back the new website that we've been working on is the real. I've got a couple little things that need to be tweaked on that. Right. And the new sites, uh, it'll be up. And then we are working on a new kind of positioning and kind of manifesto mm. uh, that, that's taken some time. We have the language down. It's just trying to figure out visually. Um, and is it still in the mammal, the mammals zone? Yes. Very yeah, much yeah, in it, that it's, sort but of. But I think I would say um, it's a little bit more, it's, uh, a, it's a little bit more mature and, and grown up. Okay, uh, but still very interesting. Are we still going to uncage the hairless beast? No, no more like hairless. No more like hairless caged beast. <laughs> uh, oh, but man, I think I'm going to miss that that creature that lives in my brain somewhere. Yeah, well, it, he'll always or she, he or she, will always be with you, always. Well, it's funny because okay, I remember a moment when you guys were in the Jumpstart Accelerator, and I remember you. I think you, Robert, posted in that private Facebook group. Yep. Like, what do you think of our name? Right. Okay. And this was so, this is so funny because looking back on this now, it's sort of easy to be like, why would you think your name isn't awesome? Okay. But in the moment you were very much like, I'm not sure this works. What do you guys think? And I can remember your peers, you know, in the, in the group saying, no, I think it's cool. And they went to the website and they were like, wow, this is, this is kind of crazy, but I'm into it. And they were, even some people I think were even jealous. So it's just funny now looking back on that as that moment for you, which was very in real time, like, hey, does this work? Yeah, I remember that very well. I was on vacation and I had <laughs> what does that tell you? <laughs> plenty of time to think about things. And then I got into that, like, I don't know. And, and also that was around the same time that I was making that decision to no longer do freelance. And it was definitely so like, you know, I'd been billing as creative mammals um, through my company for clients and for freelance. And it was like that moment, wait, hold on. Is this the right name for my company? Since now I'm going completely with clients and no right. longer working for other studios, is this the right, the right name? So there was a true like clean edge moment called there's before and there's after. Sure. And after is going to be called, you know, crickets. What? <laughs> And you had that moment where you were like, I got to go all in on this. And am I crazy or is this, is this a cool name? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it was a name for a, uh, like a, an S-Corp LLC sort of situation versus uh, like a name that I'm putting out there into the world. Right, right. Yeah. I don't even know that. I think I'm not even sure that we had our website up yet. Like we were, we were like completely operating on word of mouth at that point. Yeah. I don't remember. I, I know I remember at some point through that whatever 10 week process that your website emerged or maybe, mm -hmm. maybe you shared like the draft yeah. with the group or something like that. Um, and I remember immediately liking the whole hairless creature. Well, that was thing. also, so while I was on vacation, I was also working um, with someone helping me with that copy and kind of, so there was a lot of things going on. And I remember that was one of the first things um, that came up was the hairless curious thing. And I was First way into it and then started second guessing it. Like maybe that's too much, too out there. 
Um, and then we went through some other things and, you know, ultimately went down the winding road of ended up at the kind of very without passion. We're a creative shop that's passionate about doing work with great clients who we want to collaborate with. Storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. It's very easy to end up there because so many people do that, you know, and I oftentimes still look at other companies that I, I hold in high regard and I'll go to their about page and it's, it's, Simply that. It's like ad libs for creative. Yes. Well, you saw, I'm guessing you saw my meme for the industry, which was yeah. basically that ad lib idea. And there were a lot of people that lit up when they saw that generic about us statement and they realized, oh crap, this yeah. is exactly what our statement also says in some form or fashion. But you know, it's intimidating when you're looking at companies that you really respect and they're doing that and you're like, well, maybe that's what's working for them. Or maybe it's because they've been around for 10 years and they do incredible work. That's exactly it. You know, and so what we're trying to do is ha- come, at, come to the party with a sharper knife. Like yes. what's going to stick out? Yeah. Well, when you're, when you're Coca-Cola, say, you don't really have to prove to the world that you make a great soft drink through your positioning statement. Like it's pretty well established. So likewise, if you're the mill, you know, if you're imaginary forces, like those are almost category creators. They are... Their names are are there and their work is brilliant. Their About Us page could say, F you, call us. (laughs) And they'd probably still be just as busy, right? But with Creative Mammals, it's different. If that's what your positioning statement is, people are going to be like, wow, I don't think I want to work with these guys. (laughs) Well, that's, first of all, I didn't know you came to parties with knives. But now that I know, Mm. I'll keep that, you know, (laughs) um, top of mind. Um, no, but I think it's, it's, well, it's very hard as a creative to brand yourself. You're always trying to revise and second guess the creative that you're doing for you. I mean, I think branding self is probably one of the harder tasks. Um, I've done it a few times. Robert didn't mention this, but we've started other companies that weren't as thought through before uh, we got to Creative Mammals. And not necessarily in the same industry. Uh, we did some music videos for a while. So anyway, um, but yeah, branding a customer-facing um, brand and site and identity is tricky because you're marketing to people who may not be creative. So you want to make sure you address and say things that resonate with them. And you don't necessarily always know what those things are. So yeah, you do go into kind of like this generic mode of almost like SEO friendly words like creative design and motion graphics. But yeah, we've been aware of that because we've been talking about it and, you know, being part of your group. That's kind of part of the reason why we leave some of that behind. We still say things that will resonate with clients, but we also want to have fun and represent, you know, our, our way of thinking. Yeah. Cause my, my question is, of course you have to speak a language that you're prospective clients understand but then the challenge is how do you do that but also stay authentic so to me in my head there's this little venn diagram that's coming together of like okay well you got to speak their language but you got to be true to you and it's that intersection of sorts robert's going to chime in no i think the seo thing is a big deal but i think that's uh also going back to what we were talking about earlier is that's laying the trap for clients to find you and so Personally, I'm not so much worried about SEO, and people here sometimes think I'm an idiot for that. Mm-hmm. 
um, because we are pursuing the people that we want to work with. Robert, you're not an idiot. Oh, thank you. Uh, but I think that I question the validity of someone who's typing Motion Graphics Studio into a search engine, Motion Graphics Studio Atlanta, and what that person's coming at me with as far as a job opportunity. I, I don't know. And maybe I'm missing out on something, but I think those people are probably either not serious, probably don't have a budget, and aren't in our industry. They're not, they're doing, well, I'm going after my own people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I, the analogy I use is, we'll just say, if someone out there had a child who had um, you know, a, a brain tumor, and they were desperate to find the best, world's best brain surgeon, would you Google world's best brain surgeon? <laughs> okay, no, you wouldn't because you're like, this is important to me, right? And I, in a way, I don't really care what it costs. I just need to find the best expert to solve my problem. And you would ask your friends, you would call your other physician and say, can you refer me? Like there's a whole thing there <clears throat> that doesn't come back to SEO. Right. And so in the same way, I also, because I have a lot of, you know, owners who are like, oh, but we, you know, we really need to improve our SEO game. And what I usually do is at the end of the year, we'll do a, a little simple analysis of the sales and we'll say, it's, it's rule of thumb. It's an 80-20 rule. 80% of our business comes from these 20% of clients. And then when we look at the bottom, usually the bottom half, all that SEO stuff that we thought, oh, it's going to be so great. We're going to, or the owner did. Because like I said, you're not an idiot. That stuff is always, it's low budget. It's tire kickers. It's people who waste their time. It's also people who show up and they think that $10,000 is a lot of money and they expect the world. Right. They want a five minute explainer video. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of, misery and distraction that comes there. So in a way, this is also that idea of focus, like focusing on your genius. Also focus on your, your positioning and who, who's your ideal customer and don't wait for them to call you. Go to them. Sure. Yeah. Especially someone who's got as much personality as Robert, right? <laughs> like that's an easy, to me, that's an easy introduction. Like if I'm Masha and I'm reaching out, I'm like, hey, our creative director wants to meet you. When they meet you, they're like, well, this guy is a barrel of fun. Just like, just like a barrel of monkeys. <laughs> right. Um, well, that was the thing. Well, I monkeys think it, are mammals, so that does kind of work. So, um, they, uh, the one thing that I think at one point we were doing uh, a lot of social media stuff. And then I started looking at the numbers on that and how much time and energy we were spending on it. And we were getting very little feedback. It's nice. And so now we do it and we, we have a plan and it kind of fits in. It's the, it's the grout rather than the tile. And we kind of fill in some time and do little things. And usually it's just like, oh, this will be fun and quirky. Not, or it's like we got featured on the Daily Brief or something like that. Right, of course. Uh, so we'll probably, you know, we'll probably Instagram this podcast. All right, there you go. Yeah, but uh, instead of, at one point we were trying to produce content for social media at least once a week, if not a couple times a week. And it just, it became a distraction. And I don't know that there was any return on that. Yeah, it's tough because... The, the message you put out there to the world in what I would call your mass marketing, it's not that it's invalid when, you're, when your model is predicated on direct sales, but it just has a, it has a place and it takes a certain amount of energy. And here's what I find is if the owner is involved in ma mass marketing, something's probably wrong. Like it's not, it's just not time well spent because the ROI, that owner really is a, you need to think of that person as an exclusive resource that's a $500 an hour or whatever 
type of a expert. And would you ever pay somebody that to do your social media posts on Instagram? No. So over time, this is probably why you started to pick up the marketing, uh, you know, pick up that gauntlet mashas that you realize, hey, I'm, I can do this and let, my, let uh, Robert focus on creative. Uh, that's, that's true. Um, I, I do feel there is value in, you know, being more present in the social media channels. Um, it's definitely secondary to the work. And we do not want to waste, I don't want to say waste, but spend a lot of time uh, and effort on social. It's, we more want to use it, very good analogy with the tile on the grout. Um, you know, if we have downtime, maybe it's kind of like a running production in the background. So we can kind of plot out a timeline and just kind of work on it to make it, to make it good. We don't want to just blast stuff out there just to blast stuff out there. We want it to have purpose and meaning and serve serve our brand but sometimes we just those deadlines pass you know we have a plan and we just don't make it sometimes and i think that's something other shops probably struggle with too Um, well the picture that just came to my mind was chinese water torture that you know that little drip 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 that's all it really takes and eventually one day you aka the client are going to go what are the who are these guys again and what are they up to and god that's really weird and i'm curious you know, and then they go to your website and then hopefully from there they take a meeting because at some point you reach out to them and they go, yeah, I, I've heard of you. Are you the guys with the crazy mammals on your heads and all that? Yeah. Well, oh, I'd love to meet you guys. And this is how often it, it comes together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think the social media efforts are mainly important so you stay top of mind. Like the, I mean, I think quality posts definitely matter, but um just having fun and being relevant and being there is, is key too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like lately we've been playing around with, um, and it's only working on Facebook right now, but the 3d post, those are super fun. Um, pulling in, uh, you know, 3d objects and then getting those up on Facebook. It's not perfect, but it's, it's definitely inspiring and definitely interesting to play with. Yes. Uh, so that, that's been interesting. That's just because that's become like a little, passion project around here yeah it's play it's play right and then so you know and a lot of the things i would say on our instagram page are us playing around like seeing what we can do with like technology because if i'm if i'm a prospective client out there you know what my first impression is of that kind of stuff is oh i wish i had time to play you know i wish i could experiment in that in those ways and so when the opportunity comes across my plate of, well, I've got this need, I've got this project. Now I get to go play. Who are you going to, who are you going to think of? Who are the people I want to go play with? You're about to say, who are you going to call? <laughs> yeah. I was going to set no, me it, up. It was right there. Okay. Well, it is the day after Halloween. <laughs> that's right. And we were rocking uh, Ghostbusters <laughs> theme yesterday. Oh, that's funny. On our Halloween uh, jams. Well, did you guys do anything for Halloween that was uh, I dressed on social up. media or for, uh, that was company related? Or did you guys just go home and I, have a party with the kids? I put a Put a skull up, uh, a 3D skull on Facebook. Oh, yeah, that works. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, uh, I dressed up. No one else did. I dressed Masha, up. Masha, no? No dress up? See, I'm more like you. I'm like, I'll, I, I, I want to be the stage on which other people perform and do that crazy stuff. Yeah. What were, what were you dressed as? I was dressed up as the guy who inappropriately screams Freebird at every event. So wait, is were you like, AKA Florida man? Were you a redneck or something? Yeah, is that a politically incorrect term? Can I say I, that? I don't. I mean, maybe 
Um, but as a person from a long lineage of rednecks, I'll give you a pass. <laughs> like it. Um, Unabashedly so. Yeah, no, the, the funny thing about that whole outfit was is the only thing that wasn't a part of my normal weekend attire was a mullet wig. Oh, wait, that's it? Yeah, yeah. I had like Everything a, else a was tank just... top and cut off shorts. <laughs> Jorts, as they call them. <laughs> yeah. So everyone is, has a picture in their mind right now, and they're like, I don't think I needed that picture in my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not sure. They're just at the knee. Not like, not like we, where the pockets are hanging out. Like, right, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, yeah. And the, 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 the now, wig was like, kind of like Joe Dirt, right? See, being born and raised in Atlanta, I know exactly the guy that yells out Freebird at every concert. Uh, yeah, well, that was the thing is... Uh, one of our designers here, like, he just didn't get it. I think it's because he's from uh, the Northeast. And I'm like, oh, it must be completely reg- regional. Now, this is definitely sharing too much. But when I was in a top 40 band in high school. Oh, really? I was performing and that guy was yelling out to me and my bandmates. Yeah. And I, and I think we actually played the song a few times. Wow. So you got to learn, you know, it's, it's like a rite of passage, I guess, in the being in a rock band in, in the, the South. Southeast. Yeah. Yeah. Like you better just get over and, it. If you, don't, if you don't know Freebird, then get off the stage. We're not that far from Jacksonville here in Atlanta. So I, I just have a feeling they just, these people are just traveling up. They just sure. want to hear their favorite jam yeah. from the hometown band. That's, that's a theory. I don't know. So let me ask you this question. Um, I'm not, and I'm not fishing for any, any shameless plugs. What was, the, uh, what was the experience of going through Jumpstart like for you guys? Just, I, some big, just some big takeaways. I was a bit hesitant. And once we got into the program, I felt overwhelmed. Mm. But, I mean, I guess I, I just, I wasn't mentally prepared to like go back to school. Um, <laughs> but I found the information valuable. Interesting. And it definitely set off some, not red flags i'm not sure what the term is that i'm looking for but it kind of gave a good structure and outline to the things we should be on the lookout for Mm -hmm. like in a different way to look at our business and what we want to do yeah i mean i think i think it was a a good course a focused course for us it kind of gave us a structure that we needed um because our minds were kind of all over the place uh it was it was messy i mean we knew we wanted to do good work and um haven't have had a lot of ambition we still do but we had so many questions and we didn't have a resource where we could find out the information it's not something you can just go and look up online if you do you probably are are going to be parsing through lots of medium articles um yeah I, i think i think it was very resourceful in my opinion and it set off a lot of um things into motion for, for the studio, uh, you know, including the sales efforts and the marketing efforts that we've kind of taken. Well, maybe in a way, because you guys were so young in the history of running your studio, you didn't really, ha- you didn't have several years of we've tried this and we've tried this and we've tried this and we found some success, but we're also really, really frustrated in these areas. So, but in a way, when you're, when you're that young, you almost have a hundred different ideas, a hundred different directions that we could go in. Um, So maybe it was helpful in helping you almost pick a lane. Definitely. Yeah. That's like, well, we know, you know, Oh, this idea we have, I I guess this is is a good idea. (laughs) You know, sometimes what I'm doing in the, in the program is really giving the owner permission Mm. to do what he or she kind of instinctively knows should be done, mm-hmm. but they lack the confidence of, yeah, but is this going to work? Am I crazy? And often my answer is no, go. 
it'll work. It'll be great. Let's, let's do this. And then that's the thing that sort of unleashes them to, you know, grab that brass ring, make that progress, what have you. Yeah, I would say for us, it was, it was a little intimidating um, because we were definitely the, the youngest, one of the youngest companies, if not the youngest company. And then, but at the same time, we were able to, there's a little bit of times where I'm like, we should ask this to the group. And I'm like, it's really going to reveal how little we know. Um, but then other times we would see things that companies that are more mature and have things they're going through and we're learning from those experiences. I think that another thing that was really great uh, was is how to think about um, relationships with clients and the three R's, the it's got to be for real revenue or relationships. Right. Uh, that comes into play quite a bit. Uh, it de definitely helped me recently. We, um, we did not, we, we put a proposal together and basically we were told we were the second most expensive company, but the, the work wasn't going to be for real. It wasn't real work. It was good, but the, so the revenue had to be there. Right. And we knew that their budget was less than what we could do it for, but we came in and told them what it would cost anyway. Uh, and so when it w didn't happen, it was like, well, then it didn't, it, because they weren't willing to pay the price, it didn't meet the criteria. It didn't have two of those three. Right. And so it was easy for me just to like, let that just roll Be off okay my with back. It. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, the other things is, um, and this one I, I still fall for, uh, is the D's and cause the project come in and immediately I get super excited. The gears start going and I'm like, yeah, let's do this. And it's going to be this awesome thing. And then Masha will be like, we don't know what their budget is. We don't know what the dollars are. Like, well, who are we dealing with? Who's making the decisions? Like, none of this thing, like, right. is none this of these isn't things actually are, a project yet. No, they're telling us it is, but that doesn't mean it's true. Sure, sure. And I get super excited very quickly about Naturally. like anything uh, that's like, yeah. And that's another reason why I think the SEO thing's crap because because I, I would totally just be like spinning my wheels for no actual jobs. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because I think in a way maybe those those concepts give you they they boost your confidence. Sure. Like like okay, wait a minute, I'm I'm getting all excited about this project, and when somebody says, "Wait, it's actually not a project yet," it gives you that confidence of like, "Oh, right, okay, keep working on it." You know, keep working on them, and when it takes shape and we're and it's actionable for us, then we'll jump in. Mm -hmm. Then then Masha says to you. I'll take all that creative mojo that you've got when it's ready, right. when they're ready. And same thing with the three R's. It's like a permission slip to be like, oh, the project went away and you can still sleep at night because you know, no, it's okay. It didn't fit our parameters and we're going to stick to our guns because we know over the long term we're going to win this war. We may have lost this battle, but we're going to win the war. Sure. And I think there's another like concept to think about in those situations is opportunity cost. Uh, because especially if a studio our, our size that we take on a job, that means we either can't take on something else that is more rewarding and better uh, suited to our company without outsourcing and bringing in freelancers. And that becomes an additional cost. And it's like, well, and then we get someone going on something here that's better suited for something else. And we have to do this whole shuffle around to get another artist in to take over this other job that wasn't fitting the company as well. Um, and so a lot of times I look at that and that's oftentimes the piece that is the real, uh, 
because from, and I think maybe a lot of people are like this. If I'm not excited about a job, then it becomes work. Yeah. Even sure. when I'm reviewing the creative that's happening, if it's at least got something that's interesting, then it's not work. But when it becomes something that's just not, you know, it's just not there and I'm not feeling it, then it's like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Because then what, what do I lose at that point? Them losing my freedom. Yeah. Right? No, you are. And it, what's happened is it can be rather insidious, right? Because making that incorrect decision, I'll call it, over and over and over again over a period of years puts your studio in a place where you're like, wait a minute, how did we get here? Right. This, this isn't, isn't what we were building. Right. This isn't what we started out to do. And this is where so many young owners find themselves is, wow, I started off to do this and it was going to be great. And then several years later, they're like, why do I feel trapped? I thought I, I thought I was the one that did this all about freedom, but I'm doing work that's not really awesome. I'm taking budgets that aren't really appropriate, what have you. I'm working with people that I don't even really like, whatever. That's not... It's not fun. It's and mostly how Masha feels every day. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the studio is chuckling here. <laughs> I'm speaking about me, not clients. <laughs> yeah, of to course. Be clear. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys do have to manage a the fact that you have a, a very significant relationship outside of work. Yes. So this true. is this is a this is a big deal. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys have 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 to manage that at times because you have two kids as well, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. There's sometimes where it's just we get home and it's like, we're not talking about work. We can't. Yeah. Uh, like especially really stressful, bad days. It's like, let's just go home and, uh, not, not talk about this. Focus on the kids and unwind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is that the, uh, is that the marital advice? Don't talk about work outside of work. I I wouldn't say bad days on bad days. Talk about the good stuff. Hey, we won that job. Yay. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Go open the third bottle of wine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, third, fourth, right. That's, that's a sure. Wednesday. Yeah. I think that that's, that is that's trying to find it, find that balance, especially. Yeah. And then, then two kids, they keep us busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that life's never dull when you've got, when you got two. Yeah. I did it. I did it with one, but two is a whole nother level. It's like a square. There's a square number in there somewhere that every kid you add is like. Someone told me one time that once you get to four, it, it doesn't change anymore. And I'm like, that's because there's only so insane you can become like like, before psychotic. Meaning, right. Once you get to utter insanity, what's beyond utter insanity? Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. I'm not testing that theory. I'm good. I'm good where I am. Yeah. Well, this has been a really fun conversation guys. It's been, uh, it's been cool to sit down with you and thanks for welcoming me into your home. So to speak (laughs) into the home of creative mammals. We thought, I thought about giving everyone a tour and, yeah, we'd give everybody a tour and they'd all be picturing in their minds what they see. Um, and we could make the space sound like it was, you know, 50,000 square feet. 50,000 with, with a zoo? Yeah, a zoo and the, the yoga studio. And, the, and there's the masseuse. And I see you have a barista on staff. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll show you the tigers in the cage in a second. Okay, they're, awesome. they're well taken care of. All right, so you know what we should do is we should go put one of the mammal heads on me and take a selfie for the podcast. Sounds great. Awesome. Let's do it. All right. You've been listening to the Rev Thinking Podcast. For more information on upcoming accelerators, events, or to learn how RevThink advises creative entrepreneurs like you, connect with us at RevThink.com. I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. 
It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends, and it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com slash community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.